Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Acquisitions Anonymous. I'm Mills Snell, one of your co-hosts, joined today by Michael Girdley and Bill D'Alessandro. We have a fun episode today. A deal, uh, for those of you keeping score, we actually like, and there's not uh, they're in the minority, uh, which is kind of one of the things about looking at small businesses is that you have to kiss a lot of frogs. But this is an episode with a highly profitable uh, dog daycare and resort. And it's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's in a net population growth market. It's incredibly high margin, almost suspiciously high margins. But we talk about some of the macro characteristics of the pet industry, which Bill has a ton of insight on and really uh, share some some good nuggets there. But also just analyze how do these businesses make money? Where are the profit centers in them? And what would it be like to own a business like this? Uh, there's some interesting financing pieces on this. The seller indicates they have some flexibility. And I think it makes for some really good discussion. It's a, um, it's, it's a deal definitely worth considering if this checks your boxes. So uh, stay tuned. Hope you enjoy the episode and big thanks to our sponsor, Live Oak Bank for supporting us. Definitely one of the main go-to resources for SBA. Uh, and our listeners have, have definitely seen that to be true. Thanks so much. This episode is sponsored by Live Oak Bank, the number one SBA lender in the country by dollar amount. Uh, but they're more than the top SBA lender. They also provide USDA and conventional financing, tailoring each loan to their customers' unique needs. Whether you're looking to buy or expand a business, let Live Oak be your financial guide. With Live Oak, you get a partner who believes in your success and is willing to take the journey alongside of you. Live Oak's M&A financing experts lend across many industries nationwide. They also have over 30 industry-specific teams whose lenders are experts in industry-specific small business loans. Some of these include healthcare, seniors housing, and service contractors as well. With their dedication to efficiency, collaboration, and in-depth knowledge of M&A financing, they'll take you where you need to go. Visit liveoakbank.com slash AA and make sure that's a lowercase a and another lowercase a to connect with a lender today. So again, that's liveoakbank.com slash AA with two lowercase a's uh, to find out more about Live Oak and to connect with the lender there and tell them that the Acquisitions Anonymous folks sent you along. Thanks a bunch. Welcome back. We got another great episode today. Uh, we have our resident pet expert with us, Bill D'Alessandro. And just so you guys know, quick peek behind the curtain, we are only willing to talk about ethical pet businesses. Um, it, don't, don't send us any unethical pet businesses because we're not going to talk about those, but these, uh, these, uh, the one we have today, it's, uh, it's a feel good pet business. So with that note, Bill, take us away. <laughs> I mean, look, it's got to be good. Look how happy this dog is. Like, that's the best part of this listing. If you're on YouTube, you can see this. This do They have a picture of a dog who is the most stoked I've ever seen any dog in history. Uh, somebody's well, I getting ready to throw him a Frisbee. It's awesome. So uh, he's probably stoked because he is staying at this highly profitable dog resort and daycare that we are going to review today on the podcast. So I, I actually love love this industry, and it's just exploded over the last couple of years. Uh, so let's get into the deal. So it's a highly profitable dog resort and daycare. They do gross revenue of about half a million and they do cash flow of 250,000. That is a sweet 50% EBITDA margin for those keeping track at home. Um, they have no inventory. They have $2,000 of inventory, which is included in the asking price and no FF&E. Um, so it does say they've, and then they're asking 625,000. So they're asking less than three times cash flow for a 50% EBITDA margin business. 
initially I go, this is amazing, but my spidey senses start to tingle a little bit because that is too cheap, assuming everything is good. Uh, so it says, this recently renovated dog resort is located in Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex in a county that was ranked number five in growth over the last decade. The facility is the perfect size that allows for a nice income and is easy to manage with few employees. The owner has invested in upgrading the facility over the last few years, allowing the new owner to reap the benefits. Upgrades include a new roof, new kennel flooring, upgraded outdoor park with canine grass and water park, soundproofing, lobby renovations, and building expansion. The business has recovered well from the COVID-19 pandemic and had a record year in 2021 and is on set to have another record year in 2022. The freestanding commercial building is zoned industrial and is in an excellent location with good visibility and access from a major interstate. The large outdoor play area and quality of care set itself apart from the competition. Real estate can be leased or purchased separately for $625,000. I assume that would be on top of the $625,000 they want for the business. Uh, it says seller financing is available uh, on a case-by-case -case basis. They're going to charge you $100,000 more for the business if you want seller financing. So you can buy it for $625,000 free and clear up front, or you can buy it for $725,000 and they will finance 50% of that purchase price. Um, so they'll finance about $370,000 or so for you um, if you buy it for $725,000 or you can buy it all cash for $625,000. Um, fairly aggressive seller financing here. Um, so it's in Fort Worth, Texas. It's been around since 2006. The building is 2,500 square feet and it rents for $3,000 per month. Uh, if we had our uh, resident real estate expert, we could figure out what the cap rate was because you'll remember they want to sell you the real estate for $625,000. Looks like it leases for about $36,000 a year. So it's probably like a five cap-ish. Um, and yeah, I mean, it sounds like, and this says owner is, is selling because he's retiring. So what do you guys think about this one? It's a 5.8 cap. I just did the math. Yeah, that college so calculus is really that's paying based off. on rent. That's not net operating income. Uh, this is uh, well, it, that's a, is this gross three thousand per month or net? So you got to you got to factor in taxes and insurance and everything. So it's it's even worse. If it's triple net, I'm definitely gonna just keep leasing. Maybe maybe there's <laughs> like maybe it's a well maybe it's multi tenant. No, they say freestanding. No, I'm I'm leasing either way. So, so I think we're already out on buying the real estate. So let's talk about the business. Yeah, that took $625,000. Uh, it took 30 seconds. <laughs> we're like, all right, chop the purchase price in half. Figured that out. Okay. This isn't real estate anonymous. <laughs> Call Chris Powers for that. This is acquisitions anonymous. We're talking about the business. Uh, so this business is 625000 for 250K of cash flow. What do you all think? So I would be very interested to dig in first and foremost to understand the location here and the market dynamics. So ultimately, like I know people that are customers of this stuff, they're upscale, they spend more on their dogs than most people spend on their kids. Um, and like for them, it's like, is your doggy daycare somewhat convenient to me, totally inconvenient or very convenient to me, right? And you can see these things popping up like in Dallas, like there's a bunch of them that have popped up right near the airport. 
Why? Because people go traveling, they drop off their dog, and two minutes later, they're at their gate. Uh, Love Field, San Antonio Airport, every airport's starting to see these. Um, so somebody like this that potentially is in an industrial zone building nowhere near the airport or nowhere near anything interesting, interstates going in and out of town, like potentially you've got a problem here where you're at the tail end of getting your market cannibalized by people who are going to be more convenient. The second thing that I would be really interested to understand is there has been a huge arms race in these doggy daycares to install like a ton of technology. Like my friends actually moved from doggy daycare A to doggy daycare B because doggy daycare B let them pull up an app on their phone and see what their dog was doing during the day, uh, which was like you need a different hobby. Mm -hmm. That's what I told yeah. them, but, but they thought it was awesome, but they, they totally switched. Um, the third point I have about this, by the way, and you guys can react to any of this stuff is, you know, that question people ask what thing 50 years from now or a hundred years from now, are people going to look back on and think was just totally insane at the time? Like that question. Have you heard that? Like people ask that on Twitter and stuff. Okay. I think people are going to think this is insane a hundred years from now. Like, why are we treating dogs better than people? Like, this is ridiculous. I think it's going to be opposite, anyway, I'm done. Michael. I think it's going to be opposite. I'm done. I, I think, I think I in agree. 50 or 100 I'm years, else. it's going to be more, it's going to be more egregious. And they're going to be like, I can't believe that pets were treated so inhumanely a hundred years ago. I'm not, I'm not like a crazy <laughs> pet person or anything. I don't have any pets, but I just, the trend, I think, and maybe it'll, maybe it'll have a massive mean reversion and just break, but. Bill has more of a vested interest in this than I do. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Bill. Yeah, uh, sorry. I will, people are going to love. Their I will pets tell forever, you, Bill. <laughs> every single piece of data, all of the trends, everything that is happening says Mills is right. That this is go. I mean, now maybe in 50 years it's different, but things like you know decreased human birth rate, increased rate of animal adoption. I mean, all of these things say that we're going to you know pets are much more part of a family going forward. Um, and it, you don't drop a member of the family at, you know, in like a dark hole when you go on vacation. It makes me sad to totally agree with you. The other thing <laughs> I think will happen in our lifetime is people will spend several thousand dollars to buy a device that allows their dogs to talk. Yeah. Like, I think that's definitely, oh, I, I think course. definitely that will be bought. Yeah. Like <laughs> next thing you know, little Fido will be like beer, water. Yeah. I mean, oh, is that that bro. crazy? I would have bought that thing in a second when I had a dog. I mean, I'm in a bro, second. Frisbee, outside, outside, walk, walk, walk. So uh, what what I can't figure out about this business is it looks like it is freaking great because it's got a standalone location. And, you know, I agree, Michael, we should look in the, into the location here in Charlotte. Uh, it could be in one of these kind of previously zoned industrial rapidly gentrifying areas like South End uh, in Charlotte. Um, but it's got it says kind of record year last year, 2021. It's having another record year in 2020. Seems like they've already done all the CapEx that says they've invested in new roof, new kennel flooring, upgraded outdoor park, all this stuff. Uh, so the trajectory of the business is positive. They've done the CapEx. Uh, you've got clients. It's almost recurring, right? You know, people are dropping their dog off every day or every week. And they're, they got, it's proven out, but the fact they got freaking 50% gross mar or net margins, according to what we can see here. So the 50% net margin business selling for a little over two times if you have cash up front 625,000 for 250k of cash flow like what's wrong with it i don't see uh, i think i think we're looking at the same seller's discretionary earnings math getting us getting us off um you know i think let's say you're going to hire a real general manager for this business that's going to be the type of person that rich people want to hand their dog to you know let's say you're looking at 55 65,000 a year 
you know, okay, well, we're down to, we're down to three times earnings there. Um, okay, so it's still, a little bit less three sweet times. Right there. It's still good though, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I think you're right. But still, so three times for a 50% EBITDA margin recurring revenue on trend tailwinds business with the CapEx already done. The other thing, the other thing I love about this business is most services business like this are incredibly difficult to hire for. Like, like, oh, you want to hire a, you want to grow your plumbing business? Good luck with that. Our roofing business, I don't know if you've heard about this, Mel. It's, it's hard, it's hard to hire good roofers these days. Uh, but a business like this, you know, and our coffee business has the same thing. Like people are like, do you have trouble hiring? I'm like, no, like 22 year olds and 20 year olds are definitely looking for flexible jobs that work around their schedule where they just get to hang out, sling coffee with other 20 year olds and be like happy with other people. Like that's like, it's not hard to hire for that. Um, but this is the same thing. It's like, Hey, like Mrs. 19 year old or Miss 19 year old, do you want to come hang out with dogs all day? And they'll be like, yes, I will be right over. Like that's not a hard hire at all. Yep. So the thing, I, the thing I will say about this business, this is a, I mean, I don't, this category is on fire. As you mentioned, Michael, there are a number of franchisors in this category. Also, uh, Dogtopia being one of them that are absolutely killing it. Um, as I understand it, the, the capex to build one of these is not that much either compared to the cash flow it, it throws off. So I would definitely expect a lot more of them to open. And I would wonder, you know, if that could potentially cannibalize this location. The thing that's important to know though, if you go into this business, this is, this is a business that is like an airline in some ways, because if you have one airplane crash, your business is over, right? If you kill one person's dog, or, or abuse your, one of your employees, you know, does something and it's on video, you're done and there's no coming back. So like every, it might just be, it's so easy. This is one of those like creepy, like uh, not creepy, but like sneaky looks like fun, but actually needs to be real business. Like if you let this devolve into just, we put all the dogs out in the yard and it's not that formal, but like before you know it, one chokes on a chicken bone and your business is over. Like, so you need to, you need to have like really rigorous employee training, safety, audit, video, but, but, but like this needs to be run like a freaking military barracks. Um, if you want to protect it and it's just not obvious because you've got the picture of the listing, this smiling Jack Russell Terrier, right? It seems like a really fun business, but the people who really win in this are just SOP heavy checks and balances and nail the operations. Not to mention these are regulated businesses by your state health department. So, you know, there's there's permitting and regulation and inspection that goes along with it because you're dealing with you're dealing with something that's alive, you know, in the same way that if you were dealing with, you know, livestock or food or drugs or whatever, like it it's it's regulated. Um I really want to know the pie chart of their revenue and what the sources are, because this is one of those businesses that, you know, they are covering probably the vast majority of their expenses with the, just the day rate, right? Like, you know, I don't even know what this costs, but like, Hey, it's $20 a day to drop your dog off. But it's like, do you want them to have a bath while they're here? Do you want them to have a haircut? Uh, we have a vet who comes on Thursdays, uh, you know, like whatever the add on services are, my guess is, you know, it's a substantial portion of their revenue, but I bet it's a huge, you know, contribution to their net margin. And I would just be dying to know what that is. Kind of to your point, Michael, like, hey, we have the we have the kennels, you know, that are you know, don't have cameras in them. Those cost a certain dollar amount. But if you want to be able to FaceTime with your dog at any point, like those cost, you know, 50 percent more. 
I, I would just love to know the breakout of revenue. Um, it, you know, since they don't have a lot of inventory, I mean, you know, I don't think they're like also acting as a retailer, which I would not be surprised, right? If these kinds of places adopted retail counters and were selling, you know, treats and toys and accessories and food, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't look like they're doing that or much of it. So Mills, I can shed a little bit more light on that. There is a, a doggy daycare chain that I stupidly did not invest in. Uh, had a chance because uh, started by a friend uh, and they've just crushed it. Um, and so they do. So there's kind of variety of services that you stack. And in this listing, it says there's significant opportunities to grow the business, including expanding capacity and then adding extra services. So kind of the core here is doggy daycare, right? You drop your dog off. They watch it during the day. You pick it up in the afternoon when you get done with work. Uh, this business that I'm talking about here has added then boarding on top of it, which is stay over the night, stay over a weekend, et cetera, which adds significant revenue. Of course, you got to staff it up. You got to be open 24 seven, all that stuff. Uh, but leave your dog for a week at the dog resort instead of just the day. Uh, you can add a lot more revenue that way. Uh, grooming is also really big. Shampoo, haircut, all that stuff. You can charge a, a good bit of money for that. And as you mentioned, kind of, you already got it on site. It's easy to bring in a dog groomer. Um, luxury suites is listed here. So as you said, like the one with the camera, the one with the nicer bed, that you know, et cetera, a bigger room, uh, dog training, like all these kinds of services. Uh, then adding on retail in the front, selling dog supplements, bones, leashes, all that stuff. And then the one that I know actually added a bar. So they sell beer and liquor. So you can like come and instead of taking your dog away, you can hang out with all the other dog owners and have a beer or a, or a glass of wine or a cocktail for like an hour and like happy hour with your dog. And they crush it with that. So there's just like a million ways, you know, cause you've got basically affluent, probably millennial customers, right? Just ask yourself, what do they want? Yeah. So let me ask you a question about this. Are, you know, we've just talked about the wave of people that have entered well before this into this space and the amount of money that's flooding in. Everybody else is looking at the same kind of metrics you are, Bill, and seeing the same demographic trends. What is the chance that we're late to the market with this business? We're buying at the top. It's possible. So there was, it's possible, but let me give you a couple of caveats. So this business, this dog boarding business got absolutely wrecked during the pandemic, but it was a weird dynamic. Right. It got wrecked because everybody stopped going to work. So they didn't need doggy daycare. Right. But then something else happened, which is in the pandemic, 11 million new people got dogs while they were staying at home. Right. And now, so it's poised. Now everybody's going back to work and there's 11 million more people than there were pre pandemic that need to do something with this dog when they go back to work. So it was this deep crash. And then this kind of springboard, and as it says in this listing, and they had a record year in 21, they're having another record year in 22, the TAM expanded for this dramatically during COVID, even though it didn't do well during COVID. Um, so it's possible you're buying the bounce. And the thing about dog, the thing about COVID bounces or bumps is they can be temporary, but there's 11 million new dogs. These dogs are going to live for 10 to 15 years. Like, what are you going to do with them? You know, like you can't send them back. Um, so there's, there's this kind of structural tailwind and everything pet right now because of that. Yeah. I remember, I remember during COVID, my kids were like, let's go over and look. Cause our cat passed away during COVID. Let's go over and look at cats. And we called over to the shelter. They're like, yes, don't come. We're sold out. 
I was like, wait, you give away cats for free. Like, how are you sold out? And they're like, yeah, no, everybody came and took them all, even, even the ones nobody wanted. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty scary. Um, so uh, switching gears a little bit on this one. So we like it, which is great, uh, especially if you like dogs and you want to talk to dog owners about dogs. Um, what, um, you know, financing this, this seems like one where the, the owner seems to own it outright. Um, you could definitely get into this one with an SBA loan and very little out-of-pocket cash to make this work. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you could. I mean, because you're, you're cash flowing 250K a year. And let's say, as you said, Michael, take out 50K for, a, for another manager. So you're cash flowing 200K a year. You only got to finance $625,000. Go get an SBA loan here and you're clearing it easily. I mean, you're going to be cash flowing. At a 10-year loan, it's $62,000 a year principal plus a little bit of interest. So you're cash flowing six figures a year, even after servicing your debt, you know, or if you can't, can't qualify for an SBA loan for any reason, take them up on the seller financing, right? You only got to put down like roughly $350,000, which you will get back in a year and a half, you know, and take them up on the seller I think financing. that's always an interesting tell whenever the seller like broadcasts right out of the gate, you know, like not, you know, the token I'll do 10% seller financing, but. I'm willing to do up to 50. And I've even thought about the fact that that changes the price dynamics. I would really want to press on that and ask a lot of questions and understand, you know, just let the seller talk about it because they're probably going to drop some nuggets that you might be able to run with. And you may, you may be able to structure this deal a lot more than just the, you know, fully financed or 50% seller financed. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is some sort of turd in this punch bowl that we are not seeing because on the surface of this, it seems like a freaking great deal. You know, I'm very into it. Great industry. All the capital is already done. You can tell that because you're benefiting from it with a 50% EBITDA margin. You know, I don't think the depreciation on these doggy kennels, like how often you got to replace the, the turf. It just can't be that expensive. Um, so I, I think this is, this looks great. It looks like an awesome opportunity to come in and kind of reap the next 10 years of this person's investment in CapEx, what I don't understand is why they're selling. It says retirement um, and why they're selling at this point. And how long were they on the market at full asking price? That's the thing too, Mills. Yeah, that's a price reduction from 700,000 to 625. So I think this is one of those things where you will probably say, I, like, I would love to do this. And a lot of people did. And then you start to do your diligence and there's something wrong with it and you back out. I clicked on the broker. Most of his deals have a surprisingly reasonable asking price. It's very interesting. I was like, what's up with this broker? Uh, he also he also has another dog resort and daycare with real estate listed in Fort Worth. I wonder if this is the same one. This is the same one. Oh, he listed it twice, once with the real estate and once without. Yeah, this is the same deal. These dogs do not look as happy, though. I wonder if it's different. It is. I'm. I'm glad you clicked on this, Michael, because it 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 is always worth noting if the broker's gonna you know show you his uh his current you know portfolio of stuff he's working on, to just look at the dispersion of purchase price and cash flow of what you know is normal for him to to work with and and does he have a niche right in this case no it looks like it's all you know Texas based um and you know the the it looks like maybe the highest is about a million, $1.1 million of cash flow. 
the low is you know seven thousand dollars of cash flow for a mechanical engineering firm. Um, I think that's I think that's a typo because they have a huge GSA contract. But um, just look at it. You know, like one of these things is a fried chicken restaurant with a drive-through. Um, there's a bakery. There's a you know this pet grooming stuff. Fast casual Asian fusion. Just know what you're getting into, and you know, this guy's going to act like he's done this a million times, but, um, he's a generalist. So know that going in and know, know what his comfort, his sweet zone, sweet spot is. It does look like he wants to price stuff to sell, which is a good sign. Number two, he's not wearing a hat or touching his face in the picture. Also a good sign. Number three, I clicked on his other listings. We got to do this one in a future episode, profitable exhibit house with recurring revenue, asking price 1.4 million cash flow 1.1 million. Sign me up. I don't care what business this is. Well, maybe I do care, but like we got to do this. Let's put this in the parking lot. This business manufactures trade show exhibits. So we can do that. We can do that next time. I I know a little bit about this because we're a customer of one of these. I think it's also listed twice with and without real estate. Because if it's further down, it's listed for $6.7 million. Same cash flow, same, same listing kind of thing. So we'll talk about that one next. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Anything well, it else to like say about this one? one. Uh, so, Bill, are you calling up your your lawyer to submit an LOI, or are you just going to write the LOI yourself? I mean, if if I were looking for a business, I would definitely dig. I would dig into this more. I mean, this looks this looks really interesting, especially if you want to live in the area. You know, again, it's a it's a kind of almost retail, so you got to be around. I don't know that I'd run run this absentee and risk killing someone's dog. Um, but yeah, I mean, if this was an area I wanted to live, I would, I would look hard, but fully expect, I would try to find the thing that made the other buyers walk because it was something, um, and then make sure I was comfortable with it. Um, and I would not buy the real estate because it's really overpriced. Uh, and I would try to negotiate with the guy, uh, one, if you're not going to buy the real estate, he's going to be your landlord. So obviously a long-term lease needs to come with this acquisition, which is really important. Don't negotiate that separately. Um, and you will probably very quickly find that you're able to put him in a logic trap because he's going to want to sell you, uh, you know, based on his current rent, right? He's going to want to sell you the, the building at a really rich price where the cap rate doesn't make sense. And he also, you know, if he's going to raise your rent, it makes it, uh, it, he, it just, it, he's going to get caught between higher rent higher asking price or lower rent, lower asking price. Like he's going to realize that at that rent, his asking price doesn't make sense. Um, so you're going to get caught negotiating that upfront. I do think this is a, I do think this is a deal that we will get listeners being like, send me that listing, which is a good thing. Like, I think we'll get that. Number two, I will, uh, I will bet one Chili's gift card to anybody that when you go dig into this, the owner is much more interested in who he sells it to because he loves these dogs that he's been taking care of for 15 years to death or she is and, uh, much and less, less prioritizing how much money they get paid. I bet you will discover that the, this is a group of people that has enough money to be happy and the seller just wants to know that these pets are going to have a, a, a friend in the next owner. I bet you that I bet a Chili's gift card. That's what happens. And if you can convince him that that's you, that you're going to get a great price in this business. One parting thought from me is that, you know, I think people look at this and they go, what's my ceiling here? And, you know, buying this one business and let's say after debt service, after hiring a manager, you're not there, you know, 80 hours a week and you're clearing maybe a hundred thousand dollars a year. And that, that looks and sounds pretty good if you're unemployed or, you know, you want to buy a business and, and pivot into ownership. 
it will be hard to do this deal, right? Because it's hard to do any deal, but it don't just bank on the fact that you're automatically going to be able to do two more in the next three years and get to a critical amount, you know, of cash flow. Um, I think there's, I talk to a lot of folks and I hear from a lot of folks who are like, well, I'm going to buy this and then I'm going to buy something else and bolt it onto it. And then, then deal number one will make sense. And the reality is once you've done a deal or a couple of deals, you realize how hard it is to, you know, stack the deck in that way. But just think about, you know, think about, uh, play the tape forward a little bit. And what is it like to actually own this business? And are you content just owning this, just this one, not, you know, doing a roll up and a consolidation and bolting a bunch of them on. It's not as easy as you think. Oh, I was going to say, so, I mean, you see a lot of these people that are taking the risk to go do a business acquisition and do a personal guarantee. You know, I think that's the big ding about this one is in the grand scheme of things, this isn't the size of quantum of money that a lot of people are looking for, right? You have those people that are searchers and looking to buy a business to make their career that they want to be in the 600 to 1.2 million in earnings because they're upending their life and maybe giving up a job that's paying them two or 300,000 a year because they're pretty talented people with agency. And uh, that creates, you know, a, a no man's land for a deal like this. And I think what you're talking about Mills is, you know, think about, is that what you really want? Cause you may be kind of stuck with this deal because, you know, based on location or size or just the market dynamics, you may not be able to get it much bigger than this. You may be just kind of stuck. All right. That was a good one. I really enjoyed it. We, we didn't hate it, which um, for those of you keeping score, um, I'm really glad. I'm really glad we had we have one more to add to the. We don't hate it, Bob. <laughs> See you guys next week. Four four out of like 130. <laughs> Yay us! See everybody next week. Thanks.